0: you didn't hear anyone (laughs) denying that (laughs) that there would be that there would be a a second wave when we there are people people that deny
1: the entire existence of it
2: yeah I have people (laughs) that I know that I know who don't think it's real they think it's a hoax
0: well yeah I mean I've heard that those people exist I'm not talking to them or hearing any reputable like there are people who think the earth is flat but I don't know them I don't Actually, like, I'm not going to consider them that. in the conversation of hey, we. If I said we all agree the Earth is round, we wouldn't be like, no, oh, there's a. Few I got people news that think for you, flat dude. Okay,
1: think about this. Break it to him. Me. You take a Give penny on You take a penny, which I hate. I hate pennies. You take a penny. You put it on a railroad track. You wait for the train to go by. Guess what? That thing's flat. <laughs> Pro- Come on, what you got, atheists? (laughs) Irrefutable (laughs) proof.
2: What you got, atheists? Checkmate, (laughs) baby. This is Aaron,
0: Jeremiah, and Nate. We play in a band together. We spent years in a band discussing music and everything else. This is a podcast mostly about everything else. Thanks for listening,
2: Nate. What is your worst? What is our like our apocalypse plan? I feel like you've got one. Me. Yeah, I feel like you're about to break it down. Like well, here's the deal. I,
1: okay, I was gonna break down this show I've been watching called Alone, <laughs> which is uh, dude. I
0: know the person who won uh, season six. Uh, oh,
1: I forget his name, Jared or something like that.
0: Jonas, Jonas? Um, Jordan, Jonas,
1: Jonah, Jordan. Yeah, that's that's the guy. He's a, he's weird, but uh, I liked um, him
0: a lot. And then his brother Ben, who I knew better, is on a, Season ten, but I don't. Well, I haven't seen this, so don't tell me who wins only anymore. On season
1: seven, I think. Oh, he's
0: either either he's on season seven or or I don't know how far out they plan, but I, I I just saw like oh my brother's gonna be on season blank, and I thought cool. it was ten, maybe it's seven or maybe it's nine or you know gotcha. and just either they're that far out, but I don't. I guess he hasn't done his yet.
1: Well, so I'm not an outdoorsy person in fact I would say being stuck
2: in the middle of nowhere outdoors is like one of my greatest fears and no no, I think we can guess this Jeremiah what is it Nate always says about the surroundings when we're out in the wilderness there's a word he uses
0: yeah I know I'm um
2: (laughs) he says it's it's freaky. It <laughs> freaky is freaky is yeah. where my mind it's was like, going. Dude, so many trees, there's no
1: people, it's freaky. I know and you guys are making fun of me, but like when you watch the show, it's very clear that I'm not the only per these people are outdoors <laughs> people and like they, they go out the the first two seasons are on uh Vancouver Island, which is like my favorite place I've ever been. It's awesome. It's like this amazing, mm-hmm. beautiful place. But yeah, I'm terrified of it. Like being stuck like in the middle of nowhere is terrifying to me. Like that's so scary. Um but yeah, and like and the and people in the first season are like quitting like after, you know, 13 hours and then after 2 days and you know, like they're quitting so soon yeah. because it's just like they're just realizing like I'm actually alone. stuck out here. Like I'm actually alone. It's a
0: alone. good name for a show. I love um,
1: it. Ashley and I have been like hooked, and we've been watching. Like most of the seasons are on Amazon Prime, um, Ooh, so you can just watch don't. it on there. And uh, it's uh, it's so awesome. I really like it. And yeah, I mean, dude, truly one of my greatest fears yeah. is being if stuck outside. If you were outside. stuck, if you
0: were stuck out in one of these locations, Nate, what's your bet on how long you would last and what you would die of?
1: Okay. Oh, wow. this is good. All right,
0: so. There,
1: there are a few things on the show that's become very evident when you watch it. The first thing is, like, you need to have some basic skills to actually... You need to know how to get a fire started so that you can mm-hmm. have water to drink, right? Right. So most people on the show have a ferro rod, I think is what it's called. Just a little little flint lighter rod mm-hmm. thing. Um, but so, like, most of them aren't, like, doing really, really challenging fire starts but like but like on Vancouver Island it's basically a rainforest so it's really wet um so I feel like yeah I think I would have a really hard time getting a fire started right now like if I had to do it right now but I know like uh, the physics of it I understand Mm -hmm. I I, I have never done it myself but like I know what it would take to do it so maybe I could get a, a fire started Getting food uh, boy, I don't know if I could if I had I mean it depends on if I had anything. They have like a bunch of stuff on the show, so food, I don't know. Maybe I don't know anything Maybe. about the outdoors. Like I wouldn't be able to look at a plant and be like I can eat that, I can't eat that. I wouldn't be able to know like I can eat this yeah. clam, not this clam. I don't know that stuff.
2: I I think I would live exactly as long as it takes me to die from eating the wrong plant. Yeah, I feel like that would. That's how, because I would eventually I wouldn't be able to hunt, and I I think I could try fishing, but I'm not very good at it. So it would come down to plants, and I think I would. When you get hungry enough, it would overcome the fear for me of like, of that risk. Like I'm so hungry, I've got to eat something, and uh, and so then I would eat some green stuff, and eventually eat the wrong thing and die. So 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 here's what
1: how it would go for me. The first thing, if I knew I was trapped, I'd try to get a fire started, which. Like I said, I'd never done it. I think I could do it. I think it would take me like maybe like two days to do it, which would really suck. But I think mm-hmm. I could do it. Um food wouldn't I'm I'm a big fat guy. I would be fine for a long time. Uh food would be fine. I would kind of scrounge around and figure it out. Um mentally, I that wouldn't be a problem. A lot of people you can eat bugs. Yep. I could eat bugs. Um I don't yeah, I'm not worried about food just because i'm yeah i'm just a fat guy so it'd be fine like it wouldn't i wouldn't i would just eat myself myself just eats myself up and i'm (laughs) fine you know like that's no
0: that's
2: no problem self just stacks away if you think about it he's been playing he's been planning i've been playing this game the whole time
1: (laughs) uh yeah so i and then like the last thing would be mental like mentally like how long can you And I would be fine with I like actually physically being alone. I don't have a problem with I can you know, Mm -hmm. I and I don't get particularly homesick. So that's what really kills a lot of people on that show is like they get homesick and then they're just done the second they like really, really get homesick for their family. It's over
2: like Mm. they just pack it up, you know. And for some people, that's like a week because they think about like a year away from their family, and that's like too big. They just yeah, they
1: just go, they just you know, they just think, why am I doing this? You know, like Mm -hmm. money, money is the answer. Usually, no,
0: it's like five hundred thousand dollars or something. I was gonna say fifty thousand. No, it's
1: five hundred grand. Yeah, and it's like money, and then the the only other thing would be like personal sort of like triumph. And Mm -hmm. so once you miss your family enough, that, that doesn't matter. So then you just. You know, he's the dude, money. They're stuff. not
0: competitors, man.
1: No, I mean, and like, and I, honestly, it's like, it's surprising who wins sometimes. And sometimes people lose, you know, and it's like really not their fault. Um, and that sucks, but, you know, whatever. There's, dude, there's some people that do some amazing stuff. That's so mm-hmm. cool. And some people who like really excel. Um, get really bored because like they just absolutely dominate right at the beginning. Like Mm -hmm. they just get everything. They get a really good source of food. They get like fire and shelter and everything's like amazing. And then they just are like, I'm bored. And And what am I doing? Waiting it out. (laughs) Yeah. Those people dude. that happens. There's always some really cocky guy and I'll get up there and just be like, I am I'm literally not going to move. I'm not going to, I'm going to conserve as much energy as possible. And then, like, after, like, 20 days, he's like, I've literally done nothing for 20 days. <laughs> you know? And it's just, like, they just go insane. And then there's other people who are, like, making a deck of cards out of wood and stuff who are, like, doing projects. People build boats all the time and instruments and drums and stuff. It's really cool. So it's I got to get into it's this. It's cool to just watch people turn survival into living. That's what's really, like, inspiring about the show mm-hmm. is, like, you're watching people go out – and that's what makes me think like, "Oh, I, that I could do that part i'm would be fine at um, mm-hmm. and that's the part I've never thought about like i've I'm not really interested in survival like for myself i'm I'm fine, but the you know the idea of like, well, if you're in a situation, like how good are you at like keeping your mind occupied? And I am really good at that. so I don't have any skills, no survival skills at all, but i got I got my mind. My good, my good bud, the mind. <laughs> Your best pal. Yeah. So I don't know. I well, don't know what that puts me at. But.
2: Well, I say we put that mind to work and knock out a top five.
0: Top five this week.
2: This
1: one better be from, highly intellectual
0: then. This one is coming at you from Ethan Unzucker. I enjoy uh, a lot of his commentary in the Discord server, but he's got top five smells. Yeah, okay. Can okay. I get a drum roll, please?
2: He Top did. He smells. did.
0: Uh, label his. I'm gonna go wait. Who is this from
2: again? Ethan Unzucker. Ethan seems really smart. Ethan I've, seems I've hung- really
0: smart and very talented.
2: I so. like Ethan. He's cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is going to, uh, number five to number one. Number five, fresh ground coffee. Pretty strong. Hmm. Barbecue chicken being cooked on the grill. Burgers being cooked on the grill. And- Whatever the person you love wears, I joked him on this one because I liked the idea of it being whatever the person you love is wearing. Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, gotcha. Number one, pine trees in the mountain air. Okay, what do you got, Maya? Since you brought it up. Yeah, I've got a couple. Uh, one second here. See if I because I don't have them off of memory. I did not order mine. Okay. Patchouli oil, wood, <laughs> bread baking, leather, and fresh cool spring air.
2: Mm. Patchouli oil. They didn't see that one coming. <laughs> uh, I got- Smells um, good,
0: man. I don't know what to tell you.
2: <laughs> I, would go, <laughs> I would go number five would be- uh, any hole in the wall rock and roll club. Like that smell of like smoke oh, beer and wow, cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. Like Dang, that makes me smell. just it sounds like counterproductive, but counterintuitive, one. but yeah, but for us it like it means that good things are about to happen. It means like a rock and, and roll, roll kind of night. Get you jacked up, man. Yeah, man. I, when I smell that anywhere, I with cigarettes and old beer, I'm like, let's rip. Uh which, you know, is surprising because it's not the most pleasant, but I do love it. Uh number four would be Home Depot Lowe's any hardware store that smells like wood but mixed with fresh tools i just love that smell three would be just rain when it's raining i mean preferably in woods in the mountains but i think just rain makes everything smell better i love the freshness number two would just be the ocean just the friggin' ocean man and then number one uh would be uh, the ocean smells terrible you don't like the ocean i love the the smell the Mm. smells terrible (laughs) i'm not talking about inhaling salt water up my nose jeremiah I'm talking about like being at the beach, like the ocean wind.
0: Right. Have I think that's a smell people like. Have you ever smell Have you ever been on a beach and smelled that smell?
2: I mean, I don't normally to go go to it in Texas. Like I, I generally go to like good beaches. Yeah. Don't smell the like the
1: smell of the Gulf of Mexico.
0: Yeah, that's not my beach. <laughs> um, no, I love <laughs> the beach. It's so fun. It's like the smell is not the, the not the attractive
2: well, part of it. That's on you, dude. Um, number one would be my wife, uh, but probably be, if. Being more specific, it'd probably be like, uh, like when I hug her, like they usually smell her hair. It's like I don't like go out of my way. I'm not like a creep or anything. But so you like the like shampoo she uses? Clean, yeah. Her clean, like when her hair, like her hair's almost always clean. Almost always smells good. Like that smell just. Smell. I always say, "What are you wearing?" It smells good, and she always just says, "I just took a shower." Like I just have clean hair. Like, okay, well I like that. So, Nate, what do you got? Campfires smell good. <laughs> mm
0: Hmm yeah candles <laughs> I love the idea that's basically saying sense I like <laughs>
2: I like, I'm I, like the smel-
0: I like the th- smell of things that can smell like absolutely anything <laughs>
2: I love a good candle you guys <laughs> flowers but I like but like a blank is that next is flowers next the next one is air <laughs>
0: Any air.
1: Just a good old Van air.
0: Two week into a tour van air. Um, Is that the air you're referring to? Just an just some air smell.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Smell the air in the air, you know? Um success. (laughs) Smells good. That sweet smell of success. Followed closely by revenge.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh. <laughs> i say we get a uh, nate a revenge and a success candle for christmas this year if you yes. can
1: find them uh, actually that <laughs> almost certainly is a thing and if it's oh, not that that's money to be made people
2: <laughs> well oh, speaking man. of success what successful person are we talking to this week jeremiah johnny smirtle is that how you say his name you think i, I don't know there's a him. vowel missing for sure yeah
0: so don't don't hate me, Johnny, if I got that wrong, but that seems like what it should be <laughs> Johnny, uh, you may know him from the band Beloved and the band Advent, both good bands two amazing bands, but he's also a super cool guy and does a lot of other cool things that we talk to him about.
2: He does something you may not know about that you should that he's actually really knowledgeable on, so yeah, it'll be it'll be a good talk.
0: Let's do it. The shot.
2: hey Johnny how you doing man what up? long long time no see I know that's man a, uh, that is a killer mustache you got going on bam, bam, that bam. Is a, that's a straight up yeah that looks like the kind of kind of caterpillar you're not supposed to pick up
3: <laughs> so I uh so when, when did like the lockdown start mid March, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. the last time I got my haircut was, it was February 29th. And so I was like, you know what? I can't grow a beard. Like it's not possible. I'm, I just turned 38. It's not possible. But <laughs> I was like, let me see if I can grow a mustache. So it was kind of a joke. And first it was with some friends. Who we're like, you know, cause our kids were out of school for, I think two weeks at first and we we're like. Okay, for two weeks, we'll grow a mustache. It'll be funny. And then we found out, okay, our kids aren't going back to school. Everyone shaved, and I'm like, <laughs> this is the first time I've ever had facial hair. I'm kind of digging it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see how. Yeah, I'm man. And, uh, yeah, man. So it ended up being 102 days from the time I got my hair cut in February till when I got it cut again. And I was like, oh, I'll just shave the mustache because I'll look like a moron once I get a haircut. And I can't. I kept it.
2: So. I mean, you're you're really starting to walk into like Tom Selleck territory, which is you know like really. There's a certain amount of respect that is being generated. <laughs> like there's there's an authority that comes with it. You know, I it, it took me forever to grow a beard because I'm a blonde guy. But uh, and some would still debate whether this was a good one. But I'm committed to it. I don't it, really want to know. It's great. Thank you. It works out. I, I like you. I haven't had a haircut since then either, but I realized I can sh- I can do the side shave part, sh- but shape? I don't know how to cut the top, oh, so I just yeah. keep shaving the sides, and I'm just kind of like, you know, I, I'm, maybe I'm starting to look like uh, some weirdo lead singer. I don't know. We'll figure <laughs> it out. I haven't had much of a plan before. It's always worked out for me. It's always Heck worked yeah. out. yeah.
3: Can you guys hear me okay? I know that I have uh, this little guy.
0: Yeah, sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, oh. dude.
2: Yeah, this is Nate. I don't know if you've met Nate before. Hi, I'm Nate. How's it going? It's going <laughs> well.
1: I'm eating, a, I'm eating a frozen pizza.
3: Nice. Is it That's, still frozen?
1: No, nah, I I did uh, I did the task. <laughs> nice. The one thing you got to do, you got to heat it up.
2: What, what, he's you gotta, he's you, oddly.
0: You like cold pizza though, so do you just get it
1: unfrozen or do you heat it up? <clears throat> I do like cold pizza. Um, well, I the 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 caveat with eating cold pizza is like. It has to have once been a fresh hot pizza. Uh,
0: oh, you can't gosh. just
1: eat it. You can't just make it cold. Are frozen pizzas pre
0: cooked, or do they like? Or some some of them are pre cooked and some of them are. not right?
1: I'm not here to extol frozen pizzas, you guys. <laughs> like, let's just be real. You're not. For the record, this is, a tomb, this is a tombstone pizza. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> uh, I was at the studio like all day. Uh, Welcome to
2: Pizza Talk, everybody. It's glad yeah, to have Johnny this, is this pizza week. Pizza <laughs> chat. Uh,
1: and I picked this up on the way home because I knew there was no food in the house, so here I am eating it. Delicious tombstone pizza. It's fu- It's fine. I have that, and I have coffee because I woke up today at like two p.m. So this is pr- still like kind of my daytime. So.
2: I'll- I don't know if you ever knew uh Matt Goldman, Johnny. Do you know who Matt Matt is? You know,
3: we we had crossed paths obviously, but um he wasn't sure. the uh he wasn't the um superstar that he is now after cuz we met, <laughs> he hadn't done any any uh, under Oath records. Oh, I
2: thought you were going to say if he hadn't done any if he had just done a beloved record. I he'd, mean, that would have been <laughs> like awesome. Yeah. Well, he's no Gigi Garth, I'll give you that. Uh, <laughs> but but Nate, Nate uh, co-owns the studio now with with Goldman, and uh, oh, that's awesome. how we kind of met Nate. So,
3: uh, you yeah. guys just did the, um, or I guess not just, but you didn't you do the drums for the He Is Legend record?
1: Yeah, that was at, that. So that record. was one of the last things that Jesse happened at uh, the like old Glow in the Dark space, which you probably have some idea of what yeah. that was like because it's in a million videos and stuff. Um, but we moved out of that space like two years ago because it just was like so expensive to keep running.
3: It's been that long since that rec- that record's been out.
1: Well, since since we tr- since that was tracked, I bet that was wow. tracked like early in twenty eighteen. I think. Like, Holy oh, crap! Yeah. Man. So, but yeah, that was like Those one of the last are so things. Ridiculous, that, yeah. man. and it was, dude. It was awesome. Like they they had some really cool. I mean, the songs were awesome, like, right when they came in. Yeah. Um, and I didn't – I mean, I just kind of hung around because I was mixing some other record. I don't recall what it was, but they were super fun to have in the studio. And I've been a huge fan of their band for forever, basically. But They're
3: uh, a very, very underrated band.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah,
1: definitely.
3: They write kind of, some bangers. I mean,
2: I don't – I'm more of, like, a hard hardcore and heavy guy than – I'm just not a metal dude, mm-hmm. but that band just does, like – they just do things. Nobody else does yeah. The confidence and like, they'll just write the craziest riffs and then he'll write a melody over it. And you're like, Oh, okay. I guess that's just a giant hook now. Or yeah. some of the, some of the drums that Jesse did on that record was, were unbelievable. Um, so you've been quarantining pretty hard. Then the kids locked in the house, everybody's locked in like full blown. Yeah. I mean, <sighs>
3: um, y- yes. I mean, we, we live in a neighborhood. Um, so we're outside My wife. Can you guys hear that?
1: Yeah, yeah. But we we know what that is. That's a phone. We we've dealt with those before. (laughs) Sorry.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, so my wife is a surgical nurse in the operating room. Um, Sweet. So we and you know we don't want like she's not dealing directly with COVID patients, even though the hospital she works at is um, they. I believe they just filled their last COVID ICU bed, um, which they they never got to that point um, in the height during the lockdown. North Carolina's, I'm sure as you guys know, has kind of loosened up. So it's a a little wild, but uh, um, we we are, um, we do everything we're supposed to do, but we get outside and um, exercise and fish and swim and all that kind of stuff.
2: So it hasn't been too crazy, like for you in particular. No,
3: I mean, I live I live in a small town called Kernersville, that's like in between Winston Salem and Greensboro. So mm-hmm. um, it's it's not, you know, the the triangle. Um, obviously, saw some stuff. Um, Mecklenburg County. Char- Do you still live in Charlotte?
2: Any, no, no, uh, we uh, no, we did. Me and Jeremiah did for a long time. Yeah. but uh, we've been we're in Louisville now. We've been in Louisville, Kentucky for two oh, years. Oh,
3: awesome! Heck yeah! Great yeah. city. Yes. Yeah,
2: it is cool. Um, it's for cool for sure.
3: The uh but yeah, Charlotte saw a lot, but not it hasn't been crazy here.
2: Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. Were you able to have kids for your your kids to quarantine with Because we had a lot of kids in our neighborhood who were like kind of climbing the walls because yeah. they couldn't get out.
3: We we had some neighbors that actually didn't think it was anything, they thought it was like a hoax. Um and both of our kids have asthma, so um, we were just a little more cautious. Um, you know, we saw, you know, after, you know, once we got into April, it was, a, uh, it got to a point where, um, we like our, or their nieces and nephews, you know, because we knew that they weren't, you know, just hanging out with a whole bunch of people. So, so we were, um, to, we, you know, we, we would see each other and things like that, mm-hmm. but. So we didn't go crazy, but I mean, my, uh, my daughter was super heavy into dance, um, competitive dance. So obviously it was like, it hit her hard. Um, and then my son played soccer, his soccer season got canceled, which people have died from it. It's not like, right. it's not like, I, you know, I'm not saying that it's not a big thing, but you know, kids that, you know, they're, they're 10 and seven, um, they understand to a point, but at the same time, mm-hmm. they're like, man like my daughter misses dancing my son misses like being rough with other boys you know like you know getting hit with a ball falling down you know all that kind of stuff so um that was kind of a bummer but
2: so does this lead to a montage of footage of you wrestling with your son and dancing with your daughter like is that where this
3: it did my uh my um jazz dancing has gone to the next level like it's amazing (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> and how how old's your son uh he is seven so you still have to pull punches like this is like not yeah we not can't going full speed yet
3: yeah but he uh and he doesn't pull punches which is kind of funny <laughs> um, and then i'll go a little harder and uh then he gets kind of bummed out but um <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he loves to wrestle and, and it's awesome wrestling um
2: it, jeremiah when will atticus be able to beat you up Man, I don't know if he ever will. He's just not a
0: very <laughs> tough kid. Um, he just turned six. Yeah, he just turned six. He loves to wrestle, but his rule is I can't wrestle back. I'm like, no, that's that how wrestling works. So, no, I, you know, and immediately he starts crying and it's just uh, my daughter, she's, you know, coming up on one here in uh, like two weeks and. She's like so much tougher, she's going to be really tough. That's awesome, So she might be more into it than he is.
2: <laughs> well, I guess I guess so your kids had to go inside. And there's no dance, there's no soccer, but mm-hmm. Dad's band announces they're getting back together. <laughs> they're going to play big festivals, have shows, hint at potentially even music. I mean they were coy about it, but you you didn't quite on say it, but that's cool. it's a clever way to do it, and then <laughs> everything shuts down, like yeah.
1: So, are you to blame? Actually, did yeah. you break the world?
3: We we actually slipped in. We went up to Wuhan. And we were like, yeah. hey guys, <laughs> we're not ready." Call the distraction.
1: Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, that makes That's sense. That's what happened.
3: Uh, yeah, man. Talk about like you know a punch right in the gut. We, uh, I mean, it was it was a year of planning. Like we announced Black Friday, I believe. Um, in 2019. So right before December. Um, and we had been planning for, for like getting together, practicing, talking for seven months before that mm-hmm. to see if it was mm-hmm. even something that could, you know, be a potential anything. Um, I mean, you, you guys kind of, you know, no, especially in the Advent days, we, we like talked about it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. there was some hesitation um, with, uh, Josh who does vocals and who has one of the best voices in my opinion. Uh, for sure. Um, Josh, you know, it just wasn't something that was in his heart for, for a long time. And we, uh, I mean, take it back to 2015. I don't know if you guys remember this little thing, but in 2015, we were going to get together, um, and just, we were gonna, we talked about playing a show and we wanted to record a song and donate it to charity just to, to get that like connection again. And we, we put up a merch store that we did ourselves. Um, and we, we like sold a lot of merch, uh, sent it out. And then, um, at that time, Josh, like he called me up and he was like, Hey man, I don't mean to be the one to, to like end this, but I am just not feeling this right now. Mm. And, uh, and, and we all love each other and, you know, you just have to respect, um, that person at that place in their life at that moment. And, um, mm-hmm. it, we're not going to do it with someone else. Like beloved is, and, and I'm the, I was the last person to join beloved. I joined halfway through the writing process for failure on. Um, but it was like, we're, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do it with someone else. Just like when we first decided to end it and and Joe felt in his heart that it was time for him to step away from that part of his life, we weren't going to get another drummer. Like it's just, we are who we are. It's us five. We're one body. um, And so it's, it's not going to happen. So thankfully um, actually Chad Johnson from Furnace Fest uh, reached out to Dusty and I remember Dusty calling me and telling me about it and i was like i was it almost made me sick to my stomach because i'm like really well i was like it's not gonna happen like mm-hmm. and furnace vest meant a lot to us means a lot to us. it's it's a it's it's a something now it's it's back it meant a means a lot to us we we got to see some of our favorite bands there we connected uh with people i saw some of my f- like favorite sets of my favorite bands there and um to to have it kind of put out there Dusty and I, you know, and, and we ended up calling Joe and we, we got up and got coffee and it was, it was almost one of those weird, like, do we want to approach Josh with this? Because if he doesn't want to do it, we're, we're not going to do it. We're not going to, it's, there's not going to be any more discussion. It is done. The nails in the coffin. There's nothing will happen with beloved. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got together and we talked and we prayed um, and it you know, we, Joe and I drove out to, so all of us live in Kernersville or Winston-Salem. We all live within 15 minutes of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh lives in uh, Chapel Hill, which is about an hour and a half from us. So Joe and I um, met up with Josh. We we drove out to Chapel Hill, um, got lunch, and just kind of like had a really open discussion about why? you know, why this would mean something to us, um, not that it's like reliving the past or anything like that, because the reality is all of us have amazing lives. You know, we have, we've been blessed with amazing families. Um, Joe and I have got to create awesome music with with Advent. Matt was in Advent for uh, for a time period. Um, Dusty's, Dusty's had the most successful, commercially successful career out of all of us with dead poetic, then the almost um, he has a really amazing band called Crenshaw Pentecostal now. Um, so we're all active in music, we're all active in our families, uh, in our churches, in our in business and in careers, all that kind of stuff. So it's not like we just needed to, you know, have that like high school football fantasy replayed again.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, it was it was truly a um, like a yearning to to be together and, and try to create or, or just play these songs together that, that they meant a lot to us uh, and they still meant a lot to us. And I, and, and I think those songs still mean a lot to some people. Um, so, you know, we just, we sat down with Josh and as friends who have been through a lot, we, we just kind of, all three of us kind of poured our hearts, hearts out, um, you know, said why we felt it was right. Talked about our concerns, are people even going to care? Who knows? <laughs> um, you know, cause the reality is like Saturday I turned 38 Joe on tomorrow turns 38 Matt. Like, like we're not, it's been 17 years since that record came out. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. whole lot of time. Um, yeah. And 17 years people can forget about it. And, and Joe and I see it, you know, we're still active, somewhat active in, in Hardcore, which is Beloved was not a hardcore band. Um, we are the old guys. I mean, when we play shows, there's 18-year-olds there. Like we're, There's a 20-year difference. There's yes, so yeah. much life in that. Um, so it's easy to be forgotten about because there's, it's, it's a little easier to be in a band now. It's easier to release music now. I mean, think of when we all started. It was hard to release music. It was yeah. hard to tour because you didn't have yeah. the internet like you do now um Mm. so uh so we were we were worried about it yeah but you know
2: it's it's funny though because that all that stuff like it it's so true like we torn out we still tour we still do our do our thing and we have had a drummer filling in the last couple tours a good friend of all of ours and he's like what 23 24 uh yeah something and like that. he's like he's like 15 years younger than we, we are and so like the last tour we were on and we were you know we've gotten into everything he he grew up really into hardcore yeah. which is awesome but so we were talking about oasis and he like had never listened to oasis so we're like oh we should like play <laughs> we should right. like Mind so we blowing. like so we put oasis on for like an hour and then we watched the documentary one night and then he was like one day he was sitting in the car he's like they were like one of the best bands ever yeah he's like was jamming all the time we're like it's so, it's, it's, it, but it's true, like, we go on tours a lot, and I, like, realize I'm probably the oldest, you know, person in the room, so I could for sure relate to that, but, you know, that they're, you're right that those records meant a lot to other people, but it sound and they meant a lot to you, but also what I appreciate, and and it's true for our band, too, it's, like, the friendships go first. Yeah. Like, the relationships are first, and that's the reason we've been a band for so long, and that's the reason that you guys have honored your situation, and, like, not picked out somebody else, or gone on, like, made the industry first. It's, like, like to me, that we've had some changes, but like there's always been certain people that it's like, well, I would never do it if they weren't telling me yeah. to. Like, no, I, I have to, you have to go. Uh, so that is like mad respect. And then you've been doing Advent for a long time. So, yeah. but to bring, to bring Beloved back, it sounds like when you guys got together and you started jamming again, it just clicked. Like, was it right there?
3: It, it was, it was, a, it was such a weird. And emotional feeling. So we we the the plan was before we say yes to anything, we have to get in a room, all five of us, with our instruments, and we've got to play two songs. And it was uh it was Failure on My Lips and Rise and Fall. That's what we decided to play. And as soon as we hit that first note in Failure On, like <laughs> it was just like, Oh, like, I, I this is this is wild. We actually had a friend of ours drive so we we did it at uh we got together at warrior sound which um mitch and al mm-hmm. uh, amazing amazing guys um al let us use his live room um because it's not like we have like oh we, we've got practice spaces still and things like that <laughs> and uh we hit that note and we we had a friend our friend daniel white come and, and take photographs because we're like joe actually set it up and he like texts me he's like i don't know if this is going anywhere after this but we've got to capture this and uh and and there was a feeling you know as we're setting up like dusty joe and i who had really talked a lot that we were looking at each other like this could be a cool hour and that's it (laughs) we didn't know and and even after that first that practice or, or jam or whatever uh we still didn't know but um we we played it and we hit that first note and it was it it felt so good it, it wasn't like yeah um you know oh, can we still do this can we um is it going to feel right you know it, it felt like we were you know about to get ready for some shows it was it was mm-hmm. awesome
2: yeah, it's funny because uh, you know having come up in the scene re- relatively like around you guys, and having bands just a little bit younger who like beloved was like that record was like their favorite record. They would sometimes ask us like, do you think they'll get back together? Like, because we obviously know Jordan really well, and so we we hang out with him and and super close to Sid. And so they'd be like, oh, do you know? Do you ever hear anything out of that crew? And I, and I always thought like kind of exactly what you're saying now, like Josh was kind of doing something else it. and it. Yeah. And my, my, my thought, like it's, it's, it's probably not going to come back around. Cause just people are on different, like people are doing different things now. So I heard through the grapevine that like, that maybe Josh was down. I was like, Oh my gosh. that would be so. <laughs> so that's, I, I was more excited just as friends. Like it sounded like, you know, some of my you know, favorite people just getting together. Cause I've been around the Winston crew long enough to know like how, how, how tight you guys are. Yeah. Um, uh, Has COVID thrown this
0: stuff off, or are you guys still, is this discouraged anything?
2: Um,
3: The only thing that's discouraged is, like, um, you know, we planned for a year to have, you know, the show. And the show, we weren't sure. I mean, it was a 1,000-cap room. And we were like, Mm -hmm. are 200 people going to be interested or 400 people? And it ended up selling out in, like, I think 28 hours or something like that, which was – I still, nostalgia it's still, is
0: powerful, man.
3: Yeah. It's still hard to comprehend that. You know what I mean? Um, cause no matter at the height of beloved or the height of Advent, it was never, we could never have a thousand people come to a show.
2: Um, mm-hmm. the, the last, except for your breakup show. Yeah. Your yeah. Breakup show was. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. That was, a, that was a fun one. We were, I was there. Yeah. That was really fun. <laughs> but But that was, you know,
3: it was like, Oh, okay. It's just gonna, you know, because, you know, maybe people who've never seen us, but, um. yeah so it was it blew us away and then Furnace Fest so it I mean it, it's a bummer obviously um, but it's giving us some time so we, we pushed it to I believe it's like April 12th is what we're looking at the next date um, w- whatever Saturday it's like the second Saturday in April um, we pushed it to and then Furnace Fest I believe is the um, 14th 15th 16th of May of 2021 is what they pushed it to. I could, those dates could be off a little bit, but um, so it's still going to be there. And the reality is we waited 15 years, another year, is not going <laughs> to be any, anything. And, you know, I think that it, it puts the possibility of what, what else could come in that in the reality of the next year. I mean, it's going to be a year before that, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess tomorrow's July, so a little less like 11 months, but um, so what's, what's that look like and what could that, what could that mean? So it's exciting. Um, I mean, life doesn't slow down, uh, as I'm sure, um, you guys with kids know, like life doesn't stop. And mm-hmm. when you have kids, um, <laughs> it, it, it speeds up even faster. So in a year, a year is going to be here in no time. Mm-hmm
2: yeah but i would say in 11 months you can pump out a new beloved a new advent record as well as like master <laughs> yeah, jazz man. dance especially because like, those stuck are all man just get to it well within your reach <laughs> just you know? jump on it man just come on
1: <laughs> get to it <laughs> is, is,
2: yeah is is advent still like i have a lot of plans like i don't know yeah. i haven't talked yeah yeah that's you know, all you're gonna say that's cool we, we can move the on
3: the hard time with, <laughs> the hard thing with advent is mike lives in portland jordan lives in nashville and then joe and i are in mm-hmm. um in North Carolina and we're not the type of band that one person just writes everything. And then we record it. We have to be in the same room. And that's the same thing that how yeah. beloved wrote, um, we're, you know, it, it's, you know, people are probably like, why does it take you so long to write songs? It's Cause we, we get together and we fight whatever ideas we have until we feel, you know, it's, it's, you know, been fleshed out. But, uh, yeah, we, we, um, I mean the plan was obviously before COVID was to, to record another, um, ep or a seven inch something like that with with uh with advent um so we have yep. we have new stuff to record it's just getting people here and, and, yeah. and we're the type that we need to be in the same room when we record not someone yeah. records a part emails it so is
2: right. there like a personal guarantee that like it will be even somehow angrier than the last like more pissed is, uh, it, was that, mean, that, the, is that the bar every time because we jordan <laughs> flew in to Fill in for a tour with us. It was actually Nate's. No, it was Nate's second tour with us. Um, yeah, yeah. And him and yeah, him and Jordan are, are are they have a whole like side thing going on. But uh, nice. It's a it's it's whole a man si- romance, Whole side but. thing. Don't worry about
1: it. Don't talk. Dude. Don't ask a question. Well, yeah. We
2: we call them we call them the front seat boys. But uh, and and by the way, this is our guy to talk to about the jacket. Because we've been wanting to get them like straight up cuts, like motorbike oh. cuts that say like a big emblem front, on the back front seat for Jordan and Nate jacket. to say, front seat boys. That's I'm um,
3: With a Z? Z- boys. Sure.
1: yeah.
2: I-Z. Uh, we have to ask Jordan about that. <laughs> Jordan will
3: definitely add a Z. I was going to say, if,
1: if anyone's going to be opinionated about something like that, it's going to be
2: Jordan. Jordan's going to
3: spell Jordan's it E O I Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: And then there'll be a bunch of other nonsense on the bottom of the circle. Shrimp, <laughs> be shrimp like, emojis. <laughs> 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 yeah, and then and uh, then Yosemite Mudflap will be right in the center, and it'll just be mm-hmm. like it'll be nailed in. But he he was you guys had just finished like this, recording the record, the last record, and he was like showing it to us. Oh, we were man. all in the car, like uh, we're like, oh my gosh, this is even this is like 2016. We're like, this is even angrier. This is so pissed.
4: Uh, you know, with so it, I,
3: I, we we write songs based around like, like we're not the type that can just like create a song. Um, Like lyrically, Joe knows how to put um, collective feelings into the perfect words um, that really are, that make you kind of dig into what he's saying and, and hopefully make you reflect on yourself. But um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, pain and suffering was written out of his father's death. Um, Mm. Like him, sitting at his father's side in his, in his parents' house in the floor. Um, Mm. and what that did to him and how it affected him. I mean, we're, we're a a big family, how it affected all of us. Um, Joe and his family, I mean, I, I didn't, my father was not in the picture growing up. So Steve Mm. Mustin, um, I don't want to say he like filled a void, but, um, he was a special person. And so that's what pain and suffering came out of Uh, that, um, that time in Joe's life, that is one of the darkest times. And there's some other things that kind of happened and you can read it in those lyrics and, you know, shadow of death really kind of touches on it, but also um, politically 2016 was, was a a wild year. Um, Mm
2: -hmm.
3: And, you know, 2000 or 2020 is a very, wild year um and and you know i think anyone who is a um a lover of justice and mercy um would agree that the past few weeks month have been um pretty pretty alarming and and heartbreaking and so Mm. joe I, i know things are, are building up in Joe for, for these, these new songs that we have. So it, it's, uh, I, you know, I don't want everyone to be like, Oh, it's going to be crazy and, and, you know, wild, but, um, it, it's, it's, but it is, yeah, it's, it's been a wild <laughs> time. And I think, you know, the, the one thing and I was talking with someone about this, um, the amount of powerful art and music and literature and film that is going to come out of all this, it's going to be, it's going to change the course of history. It is. Um, and and I'm not, I don't want to get political and then like point fingers, but it will change history. And I hope, um, that my, my hope and, and, and prayer is that the church helps lead that. Um, Mm -hmm. and the, the body of Christ helps, helps lead that. And and that's where we kind of come from. Obviously we, um, you know, not everyone who likes our band is, is a believer and that's absolutely okay. But, um, everything that we try to filter our, our emotions through is, is that lens of, uh,
1: -hmm.
3: of Jesus. So,
1: yeah, Mm. I was going to say, it feels like right now is a really, um, the, especially when it comes to like art, the line between creating something, you know, that's political and not political has like been nearly erased. Like yeah. it's real, it's going to be really hard for people to make, you know, emotionally congruent like art mm. and without touching the things that we would consider political right now. Yeah. I Cause agree. I think we- we've politicized like everything, things that don't seem political to me. <laughs> Or shouldn't political. really be
3: political. Yeah,
1: they, yeah they should they shouldn't be political? Have been turned into politics, and so art will not be able to separate itself yeah. from being political. And I think that I totally agree with you that that is going to create interesting and powerful like experiences for everyone in the next. I mean, ho, how I don't know how long this could be. We could be riding this out for a while. You know, yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. But, yeah, it's just yeah like because it's like if you write a record
2: time. now and you you don't talk about it, it's it's gonna be like oh he's not talking about it. You know what I mean? Like if you're just yeah. if you're ignoring all this stuff, it's uh, I don't know. would Be like showing up on a blind date and like uh, the person is like differently abled, like in a wheelchair, and you don't mention it the entire like it doesn't. You're like yeah. it's like, okay. Maybe that's the way, you know is that the way yeah. to handle? I, I got to feel like at some point they'd be like, are you? It's okay to mention you know like that I that I'm here. It's gonna be obvious that you're like avoiding it, avoiding the topic. Yeah. So maybe we just have to wait another forty years to make a record. Like I don't. <laughs> <laughs> did you? <laughs> no, because I want to talk. You know, I don't. I don't want. I think we. I think if we're transparent enough and we're honest, there's an honesty and, and an empathy there. Then I think people, I think people can can listen and and can go, okay, I, I'm hearing what you're. I mean, it's not like any of us are gonna write a record that's like, hey, everybody, here's all the things figured it out. You yeah, know, like, it's not going to have that. Like, no one's figured you
3: know. all of it out.
2: Absolutely. Right. So as long as it keeps that, um, that mentality, uh, then I feel like, yeah. I and mean, what's that famous quote about, like, let me write the songs of a generation and I care not who write, who writes his laws. That, like, the art, like, is what changes people. Like, yeah. the, the not to sound, like, too high and mighty as, like, a person who writes songs or anything. Um, but it should. But, the,
3: the music you listen to should challenge you. Um, it should, it should make you think, and, you know, going back to, to being from the hardcore scene, I mean, I, that's one thing that was amazing about it. There were uncomfortable conversations. Um, you know, it's not popular now, but I mean, every show, especially at 533 in Winston Salem had, there was a table of literature and people there Mm -hmm. to discuss certain things. And, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. some people didn't think all, all of that was important and that's Okay but you know they we you know racism was a subject uh environmental issues um uh food choices animal rights um mm-hmm. uh equal rights like like it it's always been there and it's it has to be there or it's or it's just another empty form of music um yeah there's no yeah. passion behind it
2: i think my best case scenario is uh years ago we played that sincerity fest with you guys in pittsburgh yeah. and it was like i think we were the only non-hardcore band and it was amazing uh And it went great great because people were like, if your heart's in it, then I'll listen. And I remember that crowd, like maybe because Jay told them who ran the fest that he liked us, but people gave us that two song fair shot and then they were in on it because it was like, well, if you're, and and that's what I miss a lot about how music, at least how, how shows are booked, you know, 15 years ago when it wasn't just every show was just a genre. Like yeah. It used to be like, you'd have like five different bands and there'd be like hardcore and a metal and like an indie band and, and everybody yeah. would just put their heart out there and it would, uh, I don't know. It felt like there was a lot more opportunity instead of, it wasn't as much of an echo chamber as I feel like there can yeah. be now.
3: You know, um, I, I've actually, you know, that's, that's a really good point. Cause, and I think a lot of, um, us who've been around a little while, we, we talk about that, you know. And, and one thing I th- that the only thing I can kind of a- attest or to that is, or attach to that is that it wasn't as big, right? You know, the reality is hardcore and I'm using quotes is it's big, it's massive now. So you can, it's so big that you can live in a silo of a sound uh, there. Mm. Then it was not big enough to do that. So we all had to be there together and we had to work together from these different sounds, to move it forward. Cause if we didn't do that, it would stay this really small thing that no one would hear anything. Uh, lives wouldn't be changed. Ideas wouldn't grow and blossom and, and, and people wouldn't move into, you know, amazing points in their life when they get older. Um, so, you know, I don't know if it, I mean, it, obviously it can, it's, it's, it's what a booking agent does, but now it's turned into a, a pretty big business and you know, there's still right. Um, you're right. You know, you look at like, this is hardcore or, or the new rendition of sound and fury they have mixed sounds there um like i think mm. last year uh saves the day headlined at this is hardcore um did you see right. the video of that it was incredible hate oh person. my yeah.
0: word <laughs> <laughs> that, well that's but how they got fed. their start too was the hardcore yeah. scene welcoming them in and was it bane specifically that like Took them on tour or like convince everybody, no, they're cool. Check them out. And I'm it sure. just it blew up as yeah. well. Um, you yeah. know, yeah, so
3: was... it, it's, that's, you know, and, but when you think of like everyone who's involved in this is a hardcore, they're not young kids. They're, they're <laughs> older. They put in the time. They've put in the work to bring a city to dominance in, in music in Philadelphia. And so they, they get it and they understand that hardcore is not a breakdown. It's not, Uh, a tone a riff it is a feeling and an emotion and a movement
2: yeah
0: Mm. yeah that was good peace out
2: (laughs) 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 yeah no it's it i think it's cool too to see kids a lot of kids starting like these bands that like are are like i'm i'm seeing a lot more of this kind of like I don't mean like emo, like no offense to My Chemical Romance, but like there's like an older, like kind of real emo revival mm-hmm. stuff that has like real hardcore roots in it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think about that Turnstile record that came out a few years ago and like how they were just like, there's like funk in it. And it's like, uh, it's like, it's like for a while bands forgot about, some bands forgot about melody and some bands forgot that like Rage Against the Machine was like one of the most awesome bands on the planet for a long yeah. time. Like that stuff, it just got really, but you could tell like in the end of 2008 or 9, like you could tell like, this kind of metalcore thing is like uh, it, it, it had gone for so long, like the big breakdowns and then the super fast parts. Now there's anything wrong with that, but like something yeah. can, you can tease it till it's teased out. And it was cool to see how kids were grabbing these really rootsy 80s, 90s things and bringing them back with like a little new flair and like reinventing Absolutely. them. And um, it's awesome. But speaking of, of big business, like we really wanted to talk about your business um, cause it's, cause you just can't mm-hmm. seem to do enough things. Like you got like, <laughs> how many bands and like, and you got kids. Um, but we, we do this every episode we have each in order to transition us into this topic. And in order for you to understand where, how much we know about this thing that you do, yeah. we've each written a haiku for you oh. and, uh, and, and you, we need you to rate the haikus. Okay. Um, and, and you can, you could rate them however you want. Um, uh, as long as i win you can raise awesome. hand. You- <laughs> have you won actually i did win i did win uh dude i'm gonna go back right now and figure out which yeah, week i won got, I who
0: gave you the win i don't even remember. Uh, look
2: at i have to Nate's
0: just sitting back in his chair like-
2: he's just like yeah no one's saying did nate ever win <laughs> yeah <laughs> i oh i went with brown lawler the guy from uh yeah that's I with true Brolin.
1: that's true yeah
2: yeah, yeah, mine yeah, was from still better,
1: um, but that's okay.
0: I'm still chasing that victory. <laughs> no, you got one. Well, uh, did I was, I? with, with Stevis. Oh, that was, okay. That was, yeah, that was good. I also ripped it off, but it was good. <laughs> How okay. amazing. He, is gave, he gave you a dude. So oh, Stevis awesome. is
2: awesome, man. We had a great talk with that guy, man. Like, it's so good that he's famous now, because he looks like every time I see him play, I'm like, that guy should make a million dollars for doing that. Because <laughs> because yeah. he's gonna be like a football player, like at 55, his knees and back are gonna be shot. So he needs to make it now.
3: <laughs> make it now, so he doesn't burn out. Like
2: <laughs> all those chariot guys, like they need to have solid retirement plans. Uh, and that's probably just true for hardcore guys in general. Uh, yeah. You need to have a good retirement plan. All right. Uh, <laughs> Do, do do you go first this week since you won the last one, Jeremiah? Yeah. Or do you he, go last? I guess. Okay, so we'll pump we'll pump the high Q music. It'll come yeah, in the edit. Music going. All right, go ahead, Jeremiah. All right. Just two things
0: I lack. Clothes that wear as hard as I, and that age as well.
1: Dude, you did your homework on you that go. one. I did my
0: homework. You, <laughs> you did your homework. <laughs> 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 He's learning. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's called sucking up and judges love it. <laughs> yeah. I did
0: I did two by the way. Here's my second one.
2: What what? Oh, oh. <laughs> don't
0: rate don't rate this one. Don't rate this one. But I was like, oh I gotta I gotta include that. You know I'd look good in some NC handmade clothes. May I have some please? <laughs> 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 He's
2: grubbing. Straight oh, up grubbin. Goodness. So, so Johnny, what would you rate the, the first one? The second the one first has to be ignored. That's, that first yeah.
3: one is high. <laughs> if, it, if it's, if it's a 10, I'm going to, I'm going to do like the, uh, the pizza review. It's, it's hard to get a 10. Um, yeah. I'm going to say like a, Fair enough. a 9.6. Ooh.
0: Wow. Oh, okay. Dang. Ooh, okay, That's hot. I think I just can't believe you, you, you like dug deep. Like, I, dude, I dug deep, man. Got yeah. to, got to do your research.
2: No doubt. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, res- we gotta respect. We respect our artists, man. You want to go next, Nate, or do you want me to go next? What I feel next. All right, All right. Here we go.
1: Got to get it. Got to get it into my mind here. Need some fancy duds. Better. Oh, so oh man, I goofed it up. <laughs> I goofed it up. That's my first dude. goof. <laughs> Need some fancy duds. Better to buy it for life. Now check out my fit. <laughs> <laughs> now check out my fit. Now check out my fit. It's dripping, y'all. That's,
0: that,
2: that's a classic Nate move, is like the non-drop mic drop. Like, he he makes it sound like he dropped it for the viewer, but he doesn't. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: It's all about the reading of the haiku. True.
0: He always has a strong last line.
2: Yeah, his last line, like, he... He kind of phones in the first two lines, and then the whoa, last line, he just. Whoa, whoa. He just
0: <laughs> no, that's
2: part of it, though. That's
0: part of it. It's got to seem like it's phoning it in.
2: He plays rope a dope for two rounds, and then the third one, he <laughs> knocks you out. Like that's that's. How, that's he's awesome. the Muhammad Ali of of haikus. <laughs> he needs a rating, Johnny. We can't move on. That's a. I'm gonna
3: say, because of the last the last line, I'm gonna give it. 8.8 8.
2: okay that's acceptable okay. all right i i usually go for funny but I, I i try to go for like the heart here what is the value of honest handmade hard work that's why they're called goods mm.
0: that's that's pretty awesome that's, yeah. pretty that's awesome. some copywriting commercial stuff yeah
1: yeah <laughs>
2: You guys can that's purchase why,
0: that. I, I imagine that's why they're called goods.
2: Yeah, I'll sell that to you.
0: That's
3: awesome. I'm 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 still, that's, that's like a 9.4, mm. Jeremiah. You ah. Eked him
2: out.
0: Eked him out. Fair that's enough. I do man.
1: I would have given it to Aaron, but <laughs> ah, no, no you, one Nate. listens to me. So, it's thank okay, you, Nate. You <laughs> Dude, like nobody hates my IPs ego. more than yeah. Nate.
3: <laughs> you stroked my ego with that, Jeremiah. <laughs> so, like, I'm gonna, that's why I'm giving it to you. You lifted me up on wings of eagles.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I feel like you already have such a big footprint. True story, uh, we were on tour a couple, I don't know, probably six or seven years ago, and I guess our tour was just right behind an Advent tour. We may have even seen each other a few times. We're playing some show, and there's a hole in the stage, and it's like foot-sized, and I go to the the guys running the sound, I'm like, what's with the hole? Like, I'm trying to figure out how to play around it, and he's like, oh... Do you know the bass player for that band Beloved? I was like, yeah. He's like, he stomped a hole in the floor, and I was like, I was like, yeah. I mean, that sounds right. So then, two or three nights later, we're playing a different venue, and I look down, and around the same part of the stage, there's another foot shaped hole in the floor. No. So I just look at the guy who's running sound, and I go, and I said, Johnny from from Advent, and he goes, yeah true story no way that's awesome for real i'm
3: sure they made us pay for that and that's awesome that we had to take money out of our guarantee (laughs) (laughs) i remember one of three nights
2: okay well you did did it twice on one tour or at least the guy (laughs) just rolled with me i don't know one was in
3: probably indiana or 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 somewhere around there um Mm -hmm. because so funny story so my business partner in centennial eric stevens he um he came to that show he was living in outside of Illinois and this was probably what 2005, 6?
2: Uh it was a little bit later than that. It was Advent, seven, not eight. Beloved. it. Oh yeah, it um, would have been. Yeah, maybe uh, something like that.
3: So we uh he was living in Illinois at Matt Hughes, um who the UFC fighter, MMA, like
2: world oh, wow. champion. Uh at he,
3: he was training with him, Robbie Lawler, um like Dang. just some monsters. And he drove four hours to come see us, and it was that's amazing. why you were so hype. That was, I was all so hype. So, uh, <laughs> and Eric Stevens, he was he's an OG like Winston, uh, hardcore dude. So, uh, that's awesome. But yeah. So training.
2: did the did the company like grow out of you two having conversations? One hundred percent.
3: So, um, wow. so Eric, after he did the training stuff, um, he realized he's like, you know, I don't want to try to you know, have a living getting punched in the face. It's not, not as fun as it seems. So he started tour managing for, uh, between the buried me. I I believe first he did merch for between the buried me. Then he started tour managing. And just like with touring, um, you're in the coolest cities in the country. You have the coolest stores in the country. Um, I had always been really interested in, um, in denim, like Japanese denim, Italian denim. And then, um, it slowly came back to people started making really cool stuff again in the U S with, with raw salvaged denim. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, that started out of, um, long story short, my mom who is, is amazing. Um, one of the strongest women I've ever met, uh, raised two kids on her own, um, in Mount Airy, North Carolina. That's where I grew up. Uh, is a, mm. is a hosiery town or was a, ho- it absolutely was a hosiery town. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we grew up, she was working in mills. So American manufacturing helped raise us, um, wow. 100%. Um, and wow. I remember on tour with beloved, um, I get a call from my mom uh, and she let me know that Gildan just bought their plant out and they're laying everyone off and moving everything to Mexico. Um, Now, this has nothing to do with anyone in Mexico. It's just they saw an opportunity. They're like, awesome. We can make these for way cheaper, sell them to Walmart, uh, where Mm -hmm. people want them to be the cheapest possible and just lay hundreds of people off. Um, And I mean, that's, you know, millions of people have been affected Mm -hmm. by that since. Uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. you could you could argue since NAFTA in the, the early 90s. That's just what America's done is we've you know, laid people off, moved it offshore, made it cheaper so we could sell cheaper goods. Um, So it always affected me, you know, move up, you know, a few years and um, touring. I really got into really cool uh, denim. And when I found out there were American brands using American made denim that was being woven in my backyard, um, Cone Mills, which Mm -hmm. arguably had had the best Selvage denim or was the last American made selvedge denim factory is in Greensboro, was in Greensboro, North Carolina. So it's in our own backyard. Mm. Um, Also Mount Vernon Mills, who uh, at one point was making the majority of Carhartt canvas uh, in Georgia (laughs) and South Carolina. So um, Eric and I really got into this because we got to go to these really cool boutique shops all throughout the country. And when it was time for me to kind of settle down and get married and stop touring. Uh, he was settling down to get married and, and stop touring. We realized that Winston-Salem, North Carolina did not have any place we could actually physically shop at. Uh, so we could order stuff obviously, um, but I'm a weirdly shaped person. And you know, I'd buy stuff that looked really cool online and I'd be like, ah, oh, this fits <laughs> really wonky on me, or I look like an idiot. Um, and, and I, honestly, this all goes back to us being involved in hardcore, um, in hardcore, when shows aren't coming to your town, you create a venue and you ask bands to come. So you create a
2: DIY. Yeah.
3: It's totally DIY. So in our minds, it's not just, oh, we want to complain about it. No, we're going to see an issue and we're going to do mm-hmm. something about it. So we scraped money together, um, and we opened our first store, um, Centennial Trading Company in 2011, September of 2011, um, and we fo- it was a fo- it was a denim focus shop. So we actually weren't a brand when we first opened. The idea was to just be a denim retailer, um, and we sold um, at that in 2011 the best denim brands uh, that were made in the USA, uh, and it was amazing. It was fun. It was hard. It was scary. Um, we sold a lot of freaking jeans. Um, really because no, no one, and I mean, people were coming from all over North Carolina to shop with us.
2: I was um, going to say, did you become a destination? Because there wasn't yeah, a lot like that.
3: Absolutely. Um, and I mean, we still had real, we had still had full-time jobs, uh, or jobs on top of it. Um, which we, we've always had, um, you know, it was at first it was weird because anyone who's into raw selvage denim, um, knows it is not cheap. And, and Made in the USA, it's, it's you know, is it's an expensive um, piece of clothing. Now, the idea behind it is some people who have a lot of disposable income want to buy a lot of pairs of jeans. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Some people, it's like, you know what, I'm going to buy this pair of jeans. I'm not going to have to buy another pair for two, three, four years or mm-hmm. however long uh, if you take care of them. So it's an investment piece. Uh, and that's what I, we always saw that to be is. You know, there are some things you need to trade up on. You need to spend more money on it so it lasts you a lot longer. So your cost per wear is, is super minimal when, you, when mm-hmm. you, you spread it out. And real people made it. Obviously, there are real people everywhere who are making clothes, um, but people that, that live next door to you or live in the town next to you um, and, and have a family, and, and you know it, it all supports community. Um, and, you know, I always think back to my mom getting that phone call on tour that my mom who struggled her entire life getting laid off because someone mm-hmm. wanted to make stuff cheaper and people wanted the cheapest items mm-hmm. they could possibly get. Um, so we mm-hmm. wanted to sell the best items we could. Um, and it wasn't about, you know, um, selling expensive things to rich people. We did sell A lot of things to rich people. And that was awesome. I was super thankful for that. But it was about Mm -hmm. finding people that that meant something to and and providing something that they couldn't just get anywhere else.
2: Hey, guys, this is the part of the episode where I interrupt things to invite you to check out the epicenter. The epicenter is our Patreon based online community. If you're enjoying this podcast, you should check it out because there's a ton more content just like it. There are three different tiers with tons of other perks like exclusive music, video content, and merch, with more being added each month, and it's all built around a Discord server where we hang out and keep each other encouraged and inspired. Additionally, there are bonus episodes of Between the Notes each month available only to Patreon members. Right now, the patrons have access to a whole series of episodes we are doing on our 2010 album yet. It's a track-by-track breakdown, and the most recent one is for our song Patience and Silence, and involves a very special guest, our friend, and Jeremiah's wife, Meggie. Meg was an important part of the team during the entire process of making Yet, and even contributed some vocals. Here's a bit of that conversation.
4: Well, I was telling Jeremiah today, do you think I should get into this now?
0: Sure, but I don't know what you're getting into. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Did we talk today? Have we talked today?
4: Maya. (laughs) Um... Uh, I was telling you, uh, what's kind of hard, though, thinking about all those times is that was a time of really bad anxiety for me. So that kind of permeates the entire process of writing of that whole time. So there's a lot of good moments, but then there's a lot of, like, <sighs> wasted moments now because of my anxiety and how debilitating it was at that time so was that just from um, all the
2: transition you think like in life
4: well probably that's what uh triggered Mm -hmm. um some of my some of it was my OCD so I was obsessing over um at the time what something that's been a struggle all my life until recently um is the end times so i was like uh at the time at that time that was the thing that i was anxious about mm-hmm. and so it was kind of and also this idea that we needed to go be martyrs somewhere i don't even i won't even get into that but it <laughs> well, just you're welcome to if
0: you want to because i think people would find No, it i don't want to but um so and you can so, only imagine driving through like all the backcountry parts of like the southern bible belt how many church billboards are just like
4: oh yeah trigger 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 trigger, trigger. yeah i I got to the point i couldn't look if i saw a church and a church billboard i knew not to look yeah they're
2: usually just gonna say we something were both very under.
0: under
4: and now i don't care yeah. now i'm good but um
0: yeah and i know i was i was like i'm still not good at being a support in that way but I was really bad then because I just didn't get it at all. I didn't, and not, not that I didn't understand it. Like I, it wasn't even registering that it really was as big of an issue mm-hmm. as it was.
4: But other than that, like there were definitely some really good moments and I mean, I didn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah.
2: yeah so. I can remember starting to learn to get to know you better. I mean, even though you'd kind of been in our community for like really a year in in a real sense, like and it mm-hmm. just always register like, oh, Meg's having a good day, or Meg's having a tough day.
4: Yeah, and, I mean, you can tell. And, but yeah. the
2: good days didn't mean like that it was all like those days. You would you you would be happy, but you'd also like you fight for yourself, and you'd you know you'd, you like there mm-hmm. was just more like vim and vigor and like you know and yeah and all that yeah. stuff. But um, but my 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 uh, my remembrance of it is just that it like yeah that there was stuff you guys were like figuring out. Um, but that like, mm-hmm. it was pretty easy to incorporate you into like, cause we all were like, try to be pretty easygoing and reasonable well, and also yeah. like, kind of call the ball on like what our responsibilities were and what we were choosing to do. And then from there on out, it was just like, well, that's what we said we we're going to do. So we're going to carry out and carry the load. And, and, in that way, like you mm-hmm. just, you really just kind of jumped into the flow really.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, y'all were easy to get along with, um, first off. And then I have two brothers. I've always enjoyed hanging out with guys. And so I think that's part of it too, is that I just endure, enjoy, enjoy, you, I mean, en- enjoyed, endured. Yeah. Freudian slip. Uh, <laughs> <That's good. laughs> uh, hanging out. So, okay. I'm, I am one of the worst, my Epic fans there is.
2: Oh, that's so appropriate.
4: Look, you play me the album. I'll remember every single song. Yeah. You asked me to name the song. I couldn't tell you the name. I
0: say we do a quiz real quick. No, we name no. we name songs and see if oh, if okay. they're first, no. you have to say if they're even a My Epic song, and second, if they're on yet.
2: Uh, Meg, is <laughs> Hail on this record?
4: No. No, oh. it's not. It's not.
2: That's it's good. It's not. That's it's good. On. Is is untitled on this record. No. I don't. She's doing pretty strong. Is um is poor on this record. If you want to hear the rest of that conversation and get a ton more awesome content just like it, maybe take a minute and go check out the Epicenter over at patreoncom slash Epicenter. Now back to Johnny. I feel, like, I feel like Nate might know more about this than I do, and potentially Jeremiah does too. But I'll I'll play and and our other guitarist Tanner I know knows a lot about this. But uh, so bring me in into the loop a little bit. So or in the audience, raw salvage denim. Like explain exactly what that is.
3: Yeah. Um, So it's so raw denim is so when you look at uh, the majority of jeans you find anywhere, that fabric has been washed, you know, 40, 50, 60, sometimes 100 times. Um, So it's, you know, because it's soft and it feels good and it feels nice. Um, Every time you wash clothing, you wash it and dry it, you are you are stretching and um, weakening those those fibers of the denim. Um, with denim is, you know, just a quick denim is a twill. So it has a warp and a weft. There's, there's, um, there's threads that go one way and threads that go another way. and They weave in between each other. It's, 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 so it's called a twill. It's a really strong fabric. Uh, canvas is, is woven just like that. Um, so, so it's a strong fabric that wears a long time. It's super tough. Um, you know, going back to canvas, if you hear a duck canvas, which Carhartt made famous, Um, it was for, you know, they created it for duck hunting. So briars and things like that couldn't just rip through it, uh, like a chino or, or, or something like that or or polyester. Mm. But, uh, um, so raw denim has not been washed, so it's stiffer, but it also, um, has not been slowly destroyed 50, 60, hundred times. So when you have it after a few months, you rip a hole in it, things like that. So, so it's just a, it's a, a longer lasting untreated fabric um mm-hmm. selvage denim is the uh, so there's wide goods and narrow goods um narrow goods selvage denim um is is typically a 32 to 36 inch wide roll of fabric uh when you have a narrower fabric the um a, a, the tightness and the weave um it, it's a little easier to control that because it's a it's a mm-hmm. narrow good so it, it's it is typically a stronger weave. Now you can get into the weeds with this and look at slub denim and, and things like that. Things that are, are purposely woven looser for different feels and different wares and things like that, where wide goods are more, more for commercial use. So how can we make, um, you know, you're always looking at when you're, when you're making something, you're always looking at the yield that you get per yard. So the narrow it is, the less yield you get per yard. The wider it is, the more yield you get per yard. So your garment will cost less. Mm-hmm. uh the more fabric mm-hmm. per yard you have so uh mm-hmm. so that's kind of um it go that goes into cost kind of a a a really really uh quick explanation of <laughs> selvage denim is is yeah. there a
2: term for people that know a lot about jeans like denim heads or something like do you guys have a... I uh i a, mean like I,
3: I think any had yeah, denim heads just like uh hip hop heads or <laughs> you know things like that yeah
2: okay denim i didn't know if you had, had a specific <laughs> denim boys
3: boys <laughs> Uh, and, and I don't you know there's people that know so much more uh, mm-hmm. about about denim, obviously than I do uh, but it, it's it's, a, it's an amazing thing and, and it's, it's really cool to have a piece uh, or to have a garment, a piece of clothing that you we could all four of us buy the same pair of jeans, wear them and they're gonna wear differently on us. And after you know six months or a year they're gonna look differently and they're gonna fit us. It, we could be the same size but they're going to mm-hmm. fit us um they're going to mold our bodies and and fit yeah. us like like no other jeans that you know we were even though it's the same pair same size it'll fit yeah. us all differently
0: so, so i've had a few oh. pairs like that and what's the like what's the is it just like hey there's just going to be six months where these aren't the most comfortable pants or yes yeah, what's, um, what's the trick? so so i've heard like soak in a bathtub and so i mean i've just heard different stuff but yeah mostly it's just like six months later i'm like oh these aren't uncomfortable anymore yeah you know but (laughs) until then they're just kind of like
3: you know what you get or or how you want them to fit so um you know thinking of fit so we always say uh people that like a a really slim silhouette you want to buy the jeans as as tight as you feel comfortable in Mm-hmm. because they're they haven't been washed so they will let out up usually up to an inch um mm-hmm. in wh- where wherever there is tension so in your waist up to an inch um if you're up and down squatting in your knee uh up to an inch things like that um mm-hmm. the um the only time it really shrinks up is if you have uh, denim that's not treated so um like shrink to fit Levi's was made famous for their shrink to fit And really those, you put them on, you'd buy them big and you'd sit in a bathtub and you'd get out and you let them dry on your body and they would shrink up to fit your body. Um, So there's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a a rabbit hole that you can get in different Mm -hmm. types of denim, but denim, typically you're going to buy it to where you can button it. It's a little snug, but you can breathe, you can move things like that. And then over time it'll release and stretch where it needs to stretch with how you Mm -hmm. live.
1: So, Okay. I know a little bit about this stuff, but this is my, I'll just say, this is my understanding. And, and I'm trying to figure out what the timeline is. So you talked a little bit about like foreign, uh, denim uh-huh. Japanese is what I'm like familiar with. Right. Yeah. And so my awareness was like, I I'm guessing it's like the nineties like maybe the late 80s like there's like this japanese obsession with americana right mm-hmm. and so they start like basically rep like as america is like moving into mass production and moving away from like bespoke goods and things like that japanese companies are buying like you know this is this is how a t-shirt was made in 1950 mm-hmm. They buy all the equipment and all the – and it's, like, this huge explosion of, like, really well-made clothes, really, like, kind of high-end stuff that's, like, made to last. So at what point does that start coming back to the States? Is that sort of, like, where you guys jumped in? Because, I, I mean, I don't think I knew anything about this until probably after
3: 2010. Yeah. Um. So it's, it's – yeah. Um, so, again, I'm, I'm not a historian with it, but so in after World War II, um when Japan became allies with with America, um, they started producing a lot and, and trade started opening up a lot more mm-hmm. um, at that point. It, you know, from like, you know, and, and I could have my dates wrong from, you know, the 50s to the 70s things that were made in Japan were considered cheap, crappy kind of things. Um, and, and I can't remember if, if he was an official or, or or someone in the, the Japanese government, um, decided that, you know what, we are going to change this narrative. Um, Japan has such a beautiful, long lasting history in, in making garments, um, that that last a lifetime, We are going to be known as a country that only produces the best. Whatever we produce, we're going to produce the best. And so from then on, you know, 70s, 80s on, everything coming out of Japan was incredible. you know, cars,, um, clothing, um, electronics, Nintendo, Nintendo, <laughs> you know, things like all that kind of stuff. you know and and as a country, they decided, that they were going to be known to make the best in whatever they made, that's available. Um, so first and foremost, they made that decision as a country that we're not going to make cheap things. We're going to make right. the best things. Um, and and so with that, um, you know, when the war was over, there were, um, you know, the and and trade started happening. Uh, people in Japan started loving that classic Americana, like you just said, Mm -hmm. from, from America, um, you know, cars, uh, greaser, you know, super high cuffed jeans, um, rolled up, you know, sleeves, um, Marlboro man, uh, Budweiser, all, all that kind of stuff started really getting into it. And with them making the choice to make the very best, and they started producing their own garments that were, were kind of modeled after, um, Americana, um, American military, um, American workwear, all that kind of stuff. They just were producing it over there because it was cheaper for them to do that. But they had the idea to only produce the best things. And a lot of that was how things were produced in in the fifties. So t-shirts were, uh, circular knit. So, so instead of having side seams, it was, it was knit in a circle. So two, like a a tubular knit shirt. So they started making that their, their, their knits started being tubular, um, their, their denim started, you know, they put a big emphasis on selvedge denim. Uh, and there's, there's a really big idea that Japan bought all of America's uh, <laughs> shutter looms. Uh, and I'm sure they did some, but Toyo uh, produced those shutter looms in Japan. Like, like they produced gotcha the majority of the, 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 the looms that made selvedge denim. Um, so, so it's, and again they They wanted to make the best, so they made the machines to make the best denim mm. um, and arguably, Japan makes you know the best denim i I think in like the denim competitions it's it's usually Japan or Italy that are always neck and neck um mm. with it um, and you know with that moving into to America, it just slowly started dying off, dying off and dying off and so um, back then in the, in the late nineties, early two thousands, um, Italy and Japan were still number one. You know, a lot of people like make fun of like diesel. Um, but diesel started bringing back salvage denim, like high quality raw denim. Mm -hmm. Um, and G star raw, another Italian brand started bringing raw Italian denim. Uh, and you know, they were like super, you know, it was late nineties, early two thousands, you know, like, um, you know, euro style so yeah
1: runway brad pitt style exactly. kind of jeans
3: yeah absolutely um but they they were doing it you know before it was quote unquote cool um mm. but you know and, and so you're right so it was it was it was mid 2000s before it really started picking up in, in the in the u.s and and really it's been the past five years six years it's really blown up and, and it's a lot because of um stores like, um, like self edge who made it a point to, they're only going to carry these type of items. Uh, and they actually, they, um, and and I could get this wrong. And if anyone from self edge listens and they're like, they think I'm an idiot. I I apologize. Um, they actually had contracts, I believe for some of the, the larger Japanese brands that they could be the only ones importing those brands. So to get it in the U S you had to go to self edge. so they started in San Francisco. Um they went up to Portland. They probably went over to New York. They partnered with a, a brand called 316 who makes some of the best jeans ever. Uh made in in the US out of amazing custom Japanese denim. Uh two legit amazing human beings, uh Johan and Andrew. Um, but uh they partnered so they they had a, a California and a New York spot. So obviously um san francisco la and new york those are meccas of fashion and and Mm. what's in so they helped the spread in the u.s Mm. and and really uh popularize the uh the movement of raw denim
2: It, it it's it's dawning on me now and i'm just a year behind you but like uh I grew up like not, not wealthy, not poor, but we were we didn't have a lot of money for clothes. And so everything was always like I had the Adidas, fake Adidas with like four stripes. Yeah. And you know, I never like had I had the kind of the fake Jansport. Um, so it made sense to me as a musician to like buy the good gear because we tour so much and you just get sick of it breaking. Absolutely. I even stopped buying like boutique gear. I, I just use like if it's boss pedal does the job and sounds great, I'm going to I can slam that a thousand times. It'll never break. Same for guitar, same for amp. I just want something that's going to work. Awesome. And uh, about 10 years ago, I bought like a new snowboarding jacket and I bought a really nice one. Um, and it looks still brand new 10 years later. And I wear it like really often. And it started to dawn on me like, Oh, if I take the same approach that I take to like, I would to a car or a house or to all my purchases, like I have to put a little more thought into it. But I think what I've been realizing is like, what a lot of commercials are trying to sell you all the time is that old uh, like triangle of like you can get it. There's the cheap, good, or fast. Mm-hmm. You can pick two options, but you can't get all three. Yep. And I feel like what what I'm being sold a lot in commercials is yes, you can have all three. Yeah. And what I what I think I'm realizing and what you're saying is no, you can't. We we do have yeah. to make choices um and like so you're just applying that and i'm now at like 37 like i'm starting to apply it to my clothing like okay yeah. like i bought h&m jeans for a couple of years because we were really hard up and i needed jeans for tour and i blown out the crotch but why did the crotch blow out in eight months on a pair of jeans i just bought and now i'm buying them again like oh yeah like i need to put some some forethought into this absolutely they um, weren't
0: new like as johnny was saying like they're they're in the last quarter of their life, apparently. You know. So you're yeah. saying there's like literally just washing machines just yeah yeah burning out this fat. Is that yeah, and, wild. And when
3: you get stuff that's already faded? They're literally using um, belt sanders, like <laughs> like hitting them with belt sanders to to make that <laughs> distressed look. Uh, and then when you add uh, cotton's a really strong fabric, natural fabric. When you add uh, polyester, so you know people want stretch jeans. Mm-hmm. Um, they typically don't last as long. Um, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So, so how, you know, whatever you do to it is going to affect the, the lasting quality of it. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, that, that's funny you said that. So we, what helped us move into an actual brand and not just a retail spot is, so the yeah, first year that. we were a business, we sold. So we probably sold 150 pairs of jeans and we carried, we carried Teleson, which some of the greatest dudes, old punk dudes, punk skate dudes who started an incredible brand. We sold 316, we sold railcar, um we sold uh, Rogue Territory, kind of like Raleigh Denim out of North Carolina. So we sold all, like the Savages who really like took a chance early on. So we sold say we sold 150 pairs that year. That means 150 people don't need to buy jeans again. <laughs> you know, the next year and then maybe unless they want another pair, maybe the next year. And it was like, Oh, so I get why car manufacturers <laughs> make cars that break down. So you keep exactly. buying it. You know, you, you, you it's that aha moment. You're like, mm. wow. Okay. I
2: think oh, so I was going to say in college, I worked at an airport and I cleaned planes for a side job and all the time I'd be cleaning planes that were still flying every day that were made in the seventies, eighties, sixties, fifties. And I remember asking the guy, I'm like, man, why, why can airplanes last so much longer than cars? He's like, well, cause if an airplane malfunctions, it falls out of the sky and the companies don't want that. So they just sell them at a much higher rate, but cars are so much cheaper. They want them to be disposable. Yeah. Like it's, they, they're creating that, you know, they're creating that, that for the market so they can just more and more and more and more, more. So that makes total sense.
3: Yeah. And they want you to buy more and more and more and more um, because that's how companies become billion dollar, Amazon trillion dollar companies, because they want you to think you need more and more and more. Um, So, yeah, you know, and with us, we we decided that. So we'd go to buying shows and things like that. And and the thrill kind of left because you're like, man, I'm really just buying someone else's stuff and selling it. Now it's cool. And like these people are making up really cool stuff and there's there are retailers that do it a lot better than we did, and like have foresight and like actually have the position to change um seasons and fashion and, and how that that looks so we got a little bored of that, so we were like, why don't we try to why don't we try to design something or make something ourselves and um and so we made we designed a a, a button up shirt and uh, we spent so much freaking money um when we first wanted to do it, we were like, okay. Growing up, we grew up skateboarding, so friends that have moved up in the industry of skateboarding typically live in California. Let's talk with them. Um, so we talked with them. We found you know some factories to make some things. We sent fabric. We sent patterns, and then all of a sudden, it disappeared because we lived three thousand miles away. They took our fabric. They took our trims. They took our our uh, our patterns. Wow! And just left, moved to a different warehouse, which is, is happens. Um, there's a really amazing Ted talk from about six years ago with I'm and Jean and Willie based out of Nashville. Um, Matt, who is, is, is a, is a, is a great guy. He talks that same thing happened to them. And I believe it happened. They had just gotten accepted into like anthropology or something like that. And, and those stores, you miss a deadline, you are, you sign a contract and you could possibly owe them money. If you miss a, a delivery deadline and the same thing happened to them and they're a million dollar company, you know, like, mm. uh, we're, we're, nobodies. Um, and so, you know, long story short, we decided we like, we live in North Carolina, one of the greatest <laughs> textile States in the country. Why are we not working to make everything? And at that point mm-hmm. we decided if we were going to make something as Centennial or make something for other people. It's going to be made in North Carolina. No ifs, ands, or buts. Um, we'll make it ourselves, or we'll use pre-existing factories in North Carolina.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and that's what most we see. Of Those in that Winston Salem area. What was that? Are you finding most of those in that Winston Salem area? Is that still like no, a heavy or no? We they were... so
3: we so we invested and we we bought a whole bunch of sewing machines. Uh, we made some connections, and so um, we started sewing. Cutting and sewing in, um, in in Winston Salem in our our shop, um, and then we found a knit factory that we do our knits at. So T-shirts, Henleys, anything knit, uh, sweatshirts, things like that. Um, we found a factory, and that that factory is actually in this really awesome small town called Mount Gilead, um, North Carolina. Um, we found a uh, woven factory that does woven. So pants, shirts, things like that in, uh, in Ashboro that we work with. Um, we found a, and and this is actually a sad one, uh, Garland shirt, uh, company who Brooks brothers owned. Um, so at one point, every made in USA, Brooks Brothers shirt was made in North Carolina, which is Mm -hmm. incredible. Uh, they recently, I think this month closed their doors. Uh, so we, we worked Hmm. with them. Um, you know, Brooks brothers didn't think it was important to keep making things in the usa and obviously their customer it didn't matter to them or they would have right kept producing um and a little brand like us we can't keep them open mm-hmm. um so they went out of business um so we just started you know making the rounds around this amazing state and connecting uh with these factories some factories like um also we use it's called uh, a Statesville North Carolina um they were f- three or four like i don't know 50,000 square foot buildings and now they're half of one mm. just because the business is just mm-hmm. kind of gone um and you know we we make t-shirts there so you know we we've decided that obviously the cost to make an item um it's it's based on your fabrics and how fast you can make it. Um, we don't want a fifty-dollar t-shirt. We want mm-hmm. to be able to make a t-shirt like twenty-four bucks. So mm-hmm. it's for us cost-wise, it's better to make a lot at one time. So we work with pre-existing factories mm-hmm. to make our t-shirts um, and dye them and, and things like that. Uh, for our button-ups, they can be a hundred plus dollars. So we cut and sew them uh, single needle one by one, um, in Winston-Salem. Um, and, it, wow. you know, so, you know, and, and, and it brings, so we, we make pennants, we make flags, we make aprons, we, you know, mm-hmm. anything pretty much that is a garment or an accessory. We can, we have made, can make, or do make.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you guys making masks?
3: Uh, we are actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, and, and some people will probably, um, think this is really stupid. So we decided at first not to make them, um, because I think a lot of people thought it was a get rich quick mm-hmm. thing. And with having my wife in the medical field, um, I felt like it was kind of cheap, like, and, and that's a really stupid thing. I, 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 it probably is, but I was like, you know what? There are people that can make these better than we can And they should, we let, let's kind of step back, um, Mm -hmm. in doing it. We, we decided later on that actually it, it helps, um, keep the factories rolling. It helps Mm -hmm. our business keep churning because like every single business we saw a hit, we, um, in 2018, um, we started getting a lot of requests for private label manufacturing. So making things for other brands or people, um, or even people that were just like, I want to make something, I have an idea. So we would design it, we would pattern it, we would sample it. Um, we make it, um, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so in 2018, we decided to, um, Centennial trading company kind of moved into three working parts. So Centennial now is, um, is a manufacturing side. So we make things for other people, um, mm-hmm. other businesses, um, you know, we've we've done stuff for Wake Forest University, making really cool pinnets. Uh We we did uh, these some uh, awesome pennants for the Avit Brothers uh, a couple years ago. That was oh, that were cool. really fun. Um, but um, so Centennial has turned into a, a manufacturing side. So um, when we started making stuff in North Carolina, nobody wanted to talk to us because it it's an inside, you know, secret club society. Because mm. everyone's afraid because. The, the pie is getting smaller and smaller. Right. So your pieces are getting smaller. They don't want to share. They don't want to tell you how to do it or anything like that. And, um, but one thing that we realized is a lot of these factories had like, um, so a, a, a knit factory that makes t-shirts. Okay, they're like, okay, our minimum because they're used to in the, in the 90s, they would do a million t-shirts a year for Hanes. Right. Well, that, they're not getting those anymore, but it's when you set your business up, to only survive off, you know, one customer has to do a million. This other customer Mm -hmm. has to do a million. You know, you can't scale back because, you know, you're like, we we can't keep open if we do these small orders Mm -hmm. because they're not thinking, well, let's just get more smaller orders. They're like, Mm -hmm. we do, you know, so um, we had to slowly meet and there's some factories that we worked with. It took us a year and a half before they would even sample for us. It was just going Mm -hmm. in there meeting. We would bring, we would show up and bring Krispy Kreme donuts to, to the <laughs> the people in the office, just to try to like get them to like take us serious and talk to us. Yeah, um, you know, people
2: would in- think that you that you learned that like in business school, but I'm gonna bet you learned that in youth group because we get taught <laughs> in youth group the way to get people to pay attention is is bring donuts or pizza.
1: Is donuts? <laughs> that's true. Actually, like that's the-
2: a that's a church kid tat. Like that's a church kid t- trip right there. Nothing says
1: of- I'm serious like a Krispy Kreme. You know, a hot now. <laughs> Mm. but you know a lot of it goes
3: back to the hardcore scene you know Mm. you make connections think of all of our first tours how did we do it we made this friend who told us about that friend and we we made those connections and those first tours sucked the second tours didn't suck as bad the third tours Mm -hmm. were kind of cool you know and we played the the touring game like we went in they laughed at us you know, we came back, they didn't laugh at us. They kind of talked to us a little bit. We came back, we brought donuts. Then they actually sat and at least ate the donuts so we can kind of give our spiel. Um, so it, it, you know, I I talk about this all the time. Like I dropped out of college after two years to join Beloved. Um, Dusty dropped out of college. Joe dropped out of college. Matt dropped out of college. Josh didn't even finish high school.
2: Finish. <laughs> yeah.
3: Like, and it was, we got, we cut our, our, our teeth on the road and mm-hmm. that has helped me through everything through centennial growing centennial going the ups and the downs uh the low points the, the really high points um and I, I my also my full-time career has helped me move up uh in certain out, um, areas because it's that work ethic that you get mm-hmm. from being in a band that's doing it yourself
0: mm-hmm. and no
3: mm-hmm. one's going to do it for you except you no one's going to help you figure out when you break down in the middle of Iowa at three in the morning, how to get to the next show. Yeah. You've got to figure it out mm. with your friends.
0: You know, I, what I love about this is we've met tons of kids on the road. that are like, yeah, I started a clothing company, which usually means <laughs> they figured out how to use paint well enough to make a logo yeah. and put it and found a printer in their, you know, hometown that can print it on Gildan shirts. And you literally started a clothing company. Yeah. Like, legit.
2: That's rad. We, we yeah, I, actually, I always,
3: oh, sorry, go
2: ahead. I just going to say, I always laugh at kids. Like I started a clothing company. I'm like, yeah, like you probably just printed a t-shirt. In which case my Epic <laughs> has been a clothing company since yeah, our second month of existence. You're, you're, you're <laughs> <company>. But, <laughs> but then, but, and, but it's so funny that when you started it, like you started it with jeans, like, cause I'd be like, okay, that's a clothing, that's a clothing company. That's yeah. clearly a clothing yeah. company. Yeah. Like so you take a, just, yeah, go we, ahead. We
3: didn't print shirt t-shirts, like graphic t-shirts for years because we were afraid that we wouldn't look legitimate, mm-hmm. you know, because all the people we look up to and still look up to, Teleson, 316, Road, um, like all those those brands, uh, Railcar, um, they started from nothing and learned along the way, mm-hmm. and, you know, and and I'll, I I can't sing the praises of of Teleson enough. Like, Pete and Tony talked us through how to even do this. Like, mm-hmm. like what's the first step? And they're like, Oh, here's the first step. And here, I'm going to connect you with this fabric supplier, you know, you wow. know, this and that. Um, and those dudes get it. Cause they're from mm-hmm. the punks. E- everything is based around the clash. If, if you don't know, tell us in it's, it's all, yeah. everything is, has something to do with the clash, the John Graham Miller, you know, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Oh, but, um,
2: that's awesome. So they get it.
3: They're legit mm-hmm. dudes. Um, that, that do it because they love it. And, um, yeah, and, and so we were so afraid to, to make t-shirts because we thought like people were just thinking, oh, mm-hmm. we're just a t-shirt brand. right like, No, we don't want to do that. So we I mean, we dove in and did it the hardest way possible and failed a whole lot. Uh, but in, just like in life, the, you know, the more you fail and keep going, the, 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 the harder you're going to get and, and the more you're going to learn and the better you're going to be and the more you can teach someone and that's what life's about you know failure on failure
2: on dude absolutely as
3: we
0: uh as we start to kind of wind this up you you talked about the what centennial has become now what's the other what are the other two parts
3: oh yeah um so um the other two parts one is called uh salem stock and that will be a little bit more um kind of classic menswear um you know button-ups chinos things like that Mm -hmm. um and then another side will be Winston Workwear, which we um, are working to just create straight up workwear. Um, mm-hmm. We could never compete with Carhartt or anything like that, but um, I want to be in, you know, farmers' feed and seed, tractor supply, um, made in North Carolina items in those yeah. areas for for men and women that work hard and they want yeah. something that's made in the USA.
0: I've thought a little bit about workwear like so i do i've done construction carpentry yeah um i've obviously had plenty of car hearts i've gotten the black ladders um mm-hmm. which you may be familiar with and man i'd love to like chat with you about things that i can't find in workwear yeah you know absolutely what I mean? um, heck yeah so i don't know i don't know obviously now is not the time but like i do have
4: no, I'm go ahead, Jeremiah. Just it <laughs> I'm not saying I necessarily have valuable thoughts, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> I would love for my sake to be able to like pitch just, some things that just to quick, I just real quick. I just want
2: to hear pants. one, Jeremiah. Just like, what's the first thing that comes to mind that like okay, is not well, working okay. out for you? Um, let's just get t- granular t- typically, here. I think typically, will it. it's
0: it like the the biggest issue always is the fit. Mm. Um, it's always big and baggy. Too big. Yeah, I just I hate that. Um. But the black ladders have those um the apron pockets that tuck in. Uh-huh. I would love a pair of pants that fit well and just had those and not the like 50 extraneous pockets and gadgets <laughs> everywhere. Like are just a super simple but one extra function uh that fit well. And um and I I do love stretchy pants uh but i i, I understand stretch that that pants. it's just not going to be as durable <laughs> you know there,
3: there are some there are some brands that are doing it and you know <laughs> technology has to move you know um technology is a good thing and you know if we mm-hmm. can if they can make durable and functional that's mm-hmm. the perfect world right like right um so there are some uh some brands doing that carhartt's doing some cool stuff philson's doing some cool stuff yeah uh, i mean Filson is they're the OGs, like they're the cream of the crop. <laughs> yeah, a, there's sure no way I'm is. wearing any of any Filson yeah. stuff to work, yeah. though.
0: You know what I mean? Like nobody, nobody can really wear Filson to work, right? I mean, I, mean, I guess when you, look you can. drive. yeah, you definitely or their, can.
3: Their wax cloth. I mean, that stuff is like it's literally tough. As I know. Nails. I'd just be terrified That's all my dude. That's all my, like, that's all my
1: jackets, it. Jeremiah. Are Filson wax? I have soy wax, and I have right. The no, they're sick. I'm talking wax. about. No, no, no. no I'm saying. <laughs> you can wear those to, like, they'll do anything. They're, like,
0: you can't. I'm sure they will, but, you
1: like, can't destroy them. Nate,
2: do they make stretchy pants? No, not, none of it's Ger- stretchy. Well, it's <laughs> all
0: not stretchy. <laughs> um I'm just. No, dude. Well, well, uh, I'm just saying, like, they may not ruin, but you'll get paint on them or whatever. And yeah. Like, that's, like, it makes you sick to think of, like, oh, this jacket. It's hard to think of that as a work jacket. I feel honestly. you. Yeah. You know, um, because of the cost, now you Nate have gotten them for great deals, and it might change my perspective. But like,
2: if I'm sending, I, I like, just get them. I mean, there's that hundred thirty dollars on a jacket. I'm like
0: terrified yeah. to get anything on it. You know.
2: Well, well, I I had two last quick questions. The first one would just be like, how is all the businesses like weathering the coronavirus? Because I know that's been real big for small businesses.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it's it's hurting us absolutely. Uh, you know, the good thing is we have careers outside of that. It is a Somewhat of a passion project. Um, Centennial, we we've actually been kind of left to uh, to dry on a couple projects that we produced for people, and they were just like, "I we can't get it, mm-hmm. we can't finish it." And it was like, mm. "Oh, well, we'll figure it out." Um,
2: so we have to take the hit.
3: Yeah, we have to take the it's hit. What, you know, but but that's but you know that's happened to a lot of people, um, and it's going to mm. happen to a lot more. You know, the the next three to six months are going to be rough for the U S and for small businesses in the U S. Um, Mm. and you know, so for us, it's, it's a bummer, but at the same time, we're, we're not so big that we can't be agile. Um, and that's always been something for us is, um, you know, we've had to pivot so many times, not pivot on, on vision or quality, but just how we get to that end goal. Right. You know?
2: So, my last question would just be like for uh, for someone who's coming awake to, the like the impact the negative impact of like buying disposably, and now wanting to be like more aware. It's such a wide world. Like, where would you say is a place to start? Like for for mm. anyone for a listener who's like, oh, I realize now that clo- I've just been buying whatever clothes I can find wherever, and I haven't thought about that. Do yeah. you have some first thoughts about where they should look or what they should read? First, I
3: think um, look. at... Because so look at what your personal style is. Um, every Every style has something that can be a right foot in that. And you can look at stuff like streetwear. Streetwear was one of the first. A lot of people don't like to talk about it because it's not as cool anymore. Streetwear was were, was one of the first avenues where young, passionate people could make things. and most streetwear that was a, a, an American brand was made in the USA. And a lot still are, still are. Um, and that's a, that's kind of an inexpensive way to get into it. Um, you know, one thing go to your local Goodwill or, or something like that and start looking at tags. Um, you're going to find Filson stuff. You're going to find old Carhartt stuff, old Wrangler stuff, old Levi stuff. Um, look in there, look for things that are made in the USA, wear them and, and, and look at how they look and how old they are. And that's, that should convince you right there. Like, Oh, if it's made right, it's going to last a long time. Like, um, you know, so I, I think that's awesome. You know, there are a lot of blogs, you know, and, and and sites all over the place. Uh, Heedles, uh, has, is a really cool blog that, uh, that kind of, how do you spell that? H E D D L E S I believe. Dot com. Um, great resource there. Um, you know, Try to find, you know, something local. Um, I, I think that's always good. Look, look for who, who are doing things local and, and start small. Start, um, buy some soap, buy some, uh, you know, shaving uh, apothecary, uh, buy some leather goods. Um, you know, start small and, and look how you can actually, you know, really make an impact in the community that you live. Go to your farmer's market, go to your craft fairs, your craft shows, things like that. Um, that's a great way to start small, not dump a whole lot of money in, uh, connect with the people that are creating what you're you're consuming, which is super important because everything you know, if someone puts soul into it, um, it it's gonna that relationship between you and and that that maker is is gonna be strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're changing their life. Um, I, I mean, I think shopping mm-hmm. small, even now more than ever, is the biggest thing you can do on your local economy is shop small. Mm-hmm go to local yeah. restaurants, um, buy local goods. Um, yeah. Look look around you first and then, then look, look bigger, you know, look at Filson, look at, um, I mean, Filson is the OG like they do everything better. And, and speaking mm-hmm. of price, they do the line, the CC Filson line, the workwear line that is, um, a little bit lower cost. I think most of it's made in Canada, um, our brothers to the North. Uh, so, uh, but it's, uh, yeah, you know, I always tell people to look local first as much yeah. as possible.
2: That's, and is your stuff available now? Like, is your online store open?
3: Uh, our online store is not, uh, Salem stock and Winston work will be launching. We were going to do a spring launch COVID happens. <laughs> uh, so it'll be, it'll be a fall launch are they? Are okay, you guys cool. on
0: social with that stuff can people find uh, that to keep up with it or
3: yeah we we have salem stock um and um winston workwear and centennial is on but they will kick back up once the launch happens
0: now yeah. i did see that there was a shopify store that had stuff that i could purchase yeah we
3: still we still have some things i think like
0: henley's and t-shirts yeah. and and things like that yeah absolutely They'll, that was easy to find google centennial and shopify and yeah can find that yeah,
2: you got me really motivated man i'm feeling like jacked up to like do some research do, do so it man do some,
0: it. I mean, it all
3: goes to like find something you're passionate about and do it don't talk mm-hmm. about it and don't yeah. talk about starting a band don't talk about starting a, a, a record label don't talk about starting a clothing brand don't talk about starting a restaurant a family. Yeah. Um, um, an, an activist organization. Don't talk, stop talking and just do
2: mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. act. Mm-hmm. Sick. That's the well, mic drop right there. Yeah. yeah. No doubt.
0: So Johnny, <laughs> to close out all of our chats with, uh, with our guests, we do a thing called thanks. No, thanks. Yeah. Just one thing from the past week or so that you're either thankful or not thankful for. Um, you can't do both. Yeah. You don't have to go first. We will, we'll, we'll all go first and let you, uh, you yeah. up for it. So, oh. what do you, you got one, Jeremiah? Uh, no, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> mate. <laughs> uh,
1: sure, I could, I could go. Uh, I am thankful for the new Phoebe Bridgers record. It's great. It is. Oh my gosh! Great. Yeah, so good.
2: It is phenomenal. Dad, it's God, more it's of so what bad. I wanted. It's exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. dude. Did, you probably knew when you were listening, Nate, and you heard the, "I Know the End" song that like I was losing my mind when I heard that song. That one just <laughs> yeah, that looks <like>, cool. <laughs> my uh, my wife uh, on Father's Day, I took a bike. I go my bike a lot, and I took a bike ride downtown. It had just stopped raining, but it was drizzling the perfect amount. And I was I'd waited to listen to it, and I was like, "This is the moment." And I put it in my headphones, and I rode like in the drizzly rain beside the river downtown. Awesome and amazing. It was just like the. The best feels so good. Um, mine would be, I have so little good I could say about the government, uh, but <laughs> I, I, I I, always want to like celebrate the good stuff. So I was doing a shoot last week in Florida with our company, and I got to go to my first restaurant, Jeremiah, in four months, and I was sitting there thinking, this is amazing I'm at a restaurant. Yeah. I was sitting on the port. I had my mask on. I was sitting on the deck. You know, taking precautions, all the workers had, they had like 50% capacity. And then two days later, they announced that that restaurant had been shut down for having too many COVID cases. So, oh my my thanks is uh, no. So, Friday morning, we got, as soon as we found out, we got up and we drove to one of the testing sites. It's a drive through testing site. It was extremely professionally run, thanks to all of, there's a lot of soldiers who were helping run it nice. and extremely capable nurses and stuff. And I, they were so nice. Like, it was so, Efficient and impressive of an operation, uh, they tested us super quick. It was like a line that looked like we were trying to get into like Metallica at an arena, and we Jeez. were through it in like thirty minutes. We never got out of our car. They only opened the window like six inches just to. It Show wasn't the a painful nose. one either. It wasn't that bad. They just like got the oh, inside, nice. and I got I got results back in two days, and I don't have it, so I just I want to be r- cognizant, thankful to the government for making that efficient, and please yeah. don't cancel it. We need it now, so jeremiah did you think of one
0: yeah i've got a thank you um yeah i'm gonna do a thank you this week for uh some customers that i had uh over the past week or so um they are a young couple who just purchased their first house and it needed you know a handful of things done before they moved in, in including some like some pretty minimal uh but totally like changed their kitchen around um And they just loved every little bit. Like it was just so fun to work for somebody who, who was just excited. You know what I mean? I'm sure Johnny, you know what that's like to sell somebody a pair of pants. And it's like, that's, you know, you recognize like, Hey, that's a lot of money for pants. And they're just stoked. You know, it's just so fun to, to to provide a service or a product for somebody. And they're just, it's not that I felt good about myself. I'm just like, I want to do more things for you. Because it was so fun to like see you so happy about your new house and like yeah, the, mm. just joyful. So that was a, that was a blast. That's amazing.
3: That's awesome. Heck yeah. Um, Johnny. What about you, man? Man, I'm thankful. Um, Friday and Saturday, I got to spend two days in the studio recording with some of my best friends.
2: Awesome, no wait, doubt. Wait. <laughs> that's all. We're we just gonna leave story. it. <laughs> We're just gonna leave it there. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. They can't see the look on your face. Cause this is, is John only podcast, Mayer, your but. best friend. Was that, was that what you were doing? <laughs> All right. right. That's yeah. awesome. Okay. Well, whatever it is, we look forward you heard to it. Nice, first here. You heard it first here. Yeah. New beloved <laughs> Advent split, split EP. Start uh, those hot gonna, tweets.
1: Send them out. <laughs> Send
2: them. <laughs> they got some, they got a sick Phoebe uh, Bridgers feature on it. It's going to be mm. dope. Uh, and we're all gonna save a nice rainy day with our headphones, like to give it a, a listen whenever it comes out. Heck yeah! Uh, <laughs>
3: Dang dude. White dude, thanks amazing.
2: so much for really being inspiring, dude, and hanging out. It's really good to see you, and good to see you're doing well.
3: Man, thank yeah. you guys for even thinking of me. That's a, that's amazing. It means a lot to me. So um, it did, it's great. Yeah, to yeah catch it was like an
0: easy choice, man. It was an easy yeah, choice. Yeah, it was like, awesome. I knew no, I'd known about the clothing company for a few years now, and like. I was just like, dude, this is, this is too cool. And then honestly, like you were so informative. That was awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Heck yeah. I hope y'all have It's good to week. know you're not just like a, I just thought it was cool and I partnered and they know all the stuff and you, know, like, you <laughs> legit know what you're talking about. Or I was,
2: I was afraid I was going to look up and just be like three different t-shirt designs. So I was super <laughs> <stressed> <laughs> and excited to talk when I checked it out.
3: Oh man, it would have been so much easier if that's all it was. Yeah. I just <laughs> hopped on board with some guys that knew what they were doing. and We made t-shirts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's called cool. out. Uh y'all go check that's it out. Up. It's six stuff. Thanks so yeah. much, y'all. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. Have Thanks, Johnny. better yeah. guys. You, you too, man. man. Between the notes is the ever since heard by Jeff.